we automatically equate discipline with with punishment or censure. And that's right to say I am being disciplined, but I hope every one of our listeners would joyfully and happily say, I am being disciplined. I'm being discipled as a follower, as a pupil of Christ. Welcome to Mid-America Reformed Seminary's Roundtable Podcast, a broadcast where the faculty of Mid-America discuss everything from Reformed theology, cultural issues, and all things seminary. This is episode 88. I'm your host, Jared Lujabor. Thank you for tuning in. On the podcast for the next few weeks is Professor of Church History and Apologetics, Dr. Alan Strange, leading us in a series on church discipline. Today, he's going to address the importance of it as one of the crucial marks of of the church. I hope you enjoy. It's uh, very good once again to be with you, all of our listeners, and uh, I just want to say as we seek to do that we're very grateful for our listeners. We know many of them have great affection and respect for us, and we have the same for them as well as gratitude for all their support And we do appreciate the support of our constituency, as an old pastor used to say when I was a child, uh, that support of the prayers and of the pocketbook. And uh, we are thankful. And it's good to be able to um, share with you some of the kinds of things that we talk about here in the classroom and among ourselves. And what I want to be talking about for the next uh, few podcasts uh, is uh, an important subject that you know people can shy away from, which is to say the discipline of the church. Now, just to say a little bit about my work in that respect, I teach here uh, a course in uh, church government and history, and I teach both the Reformed and the Presbyterians uh, part of that course. I teach both of them a section on the discipline of the church. We talk about this. As well, I teach form of government for MTI OPC. I'm a ministerial member of the OPC, and I've also worked for almost 30 years, coming up quite soon to that, in the ministry, you might say, of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, dealing with discipline, particularly on the Committee on Appeals and Complaints. Um, So I've had quite a lot of experience just working at the denominational level. You see not only what comes from a session that you might be on, but you see what comes from other sessions and other presbyteries throughout the denomination. So it gives you exposure to a lot of things. So um, this is something that in, in a measure I've labored in for some time. And I've gone through periods where I've thought about, well, it's time to step away from such involvement in such a broad range of these uh, kinds of cases. And um, I've, I've come to the conclusion that this is one of the areas that the Lord has called me to. And um, my wife has encouraged me this. When I've talked about giving up something, she's actually suggested that, well, you might give up this or this, but I don't think you should give up the work in discipline because I think you're particularly suited for that. It can get a little heavy, and it's not always uh, 
the easiest. But what we do in the church, we don't do in the first place because, as the kids say, it's fun. We do it because it's what our Lord has called us to, and it's what edifies his body, builds it up, and glorifies him. So discipline is, um, many of our listeners would know, one of the three marks of the true church. This is a particular reformational insight. This is one of the, the great insights of the Reformation. It's one of the three marks, the other two being the pure preaching of the word and the right administration of the sacraments. And then together with that, you might say, kind of putting into play what's involved in the preaching of the word and the administration of the sacraments, which is to say, lives lived for Christ. Uh, the discipline of the church concerns itself with that. And as, as a mark of the church, the marks of the church in general, those reformational marks, the preaching of the word, administration of the sacraments, discipline of the church, are a kind of reformational fleshing out, you might say, of the attributes of the church. If you study doctrine of the church, you recognize that we speak about these attributes of the church, which are captured in the ancient creeds of the church, Think particularly the Nicene Creed, and we talk about four attributes that the church is one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. Now, I'm not going to spend time uh, unpacking those. It's certainly worth to do, and Dr. Venema, for example, in his course on the doctrine of the church, spends time, significant time, unpacking those. And I've dealt with uh, folks in the last couple of decades in Reformed churches who sometimes seeing some of the the differences we have among ourselves, some of the the disputes that we can get into that that might characterize uh, us as Reformed and Presbyterian, areas we differ, and people will long for a kind of unity that they sometimes don't see in our churches, and they'll say, well, why don't we just return, and this was part of the Federal Vision Movement, there was this voice that was one of the leading voices in the Federal Vision Movement, why don't we just return to Nicene Christianity? And the answer to that is, there is an answer, the answer to that is the affirmation of the church as one holy Catholic and apostolic is something that all of us as Reformed and Presbyterians affirm and we believe that it is necessary to affirm, it is necessary for the existence of the church. But the Reformation was a movement in which God's people came to see in the churches that became Reformed churches that while it's necessary, it's not sufficient. More was needed because it had become manifest in the ancient and the medieval church that simply affirming these attributes was not enough because there was even in the face of the affirmation of these great four attributes, there was doctrinal confusion, particularly in the area of the doctrine of salvation. It wasn't properly being understood that our salvation was, you could bring in the five solos here, uh, that our salvation as uh, Christ with Scripture alone taught was in Christ alone, by grace, by faith, um, 
there was confusion there. And so the marks, you might say, are an attempt to further properly define the church with respect to the attributes. It isn't that we don't hold those attributes. We do, but we hold them in a certain way as Reformed churches, together with broader Christianity, Roman Catholicism, and Eastern Orthodoxy, both of which we think have serious errors, uh, but those hold those attributes. And so the, the, the mistake of good Reformed folk who say, why don't we just embrace Nicene Christianity, is the mistake of of not recognizing what happened in the Reformation. So we said this is why we had a Reformation. And as for discipline, um, you say, well, what about the discipline of the church before the Reformation? Well, we're going to think a little bit more about this uh, in these chats that we're having together. Uh, but let me just say at this point that discipline uh, had been abused in both the ancient and then especially the medieval church. And that was a great concern of the Reformers, and that people should be saying, what are you talking about? Well, you'll have to stay tuned. We're going to talk more about that. Uh, but right now, I want to just step back and introduce a little bit more this whole notion of discipline and what we're talking about uh, particularly. And let me just say this at this point, discipline can be one of two kinds. Uh, there's a lot of ways we could talk about it, but here's, I think, a, a helpful, straightforward, simple way. Discipline can either be sought for, that is, we want proper discipline, or it can be imposed when we're going astray and not living the Christian life as we ought to live it. Um, and so uh, let's think about that that first uh, meaning of the word. Let's think just a little bit about when we think of the word discipline, um, what does that mean? What is discipline? It's the Latin word uh, discipulus is where the word comes from, and we all know the uh, the etymological fallacy and so forth. I'm not making that here, but it is important, I think, to point out that this Latin word discipulus with its cognates and derivatives means Disciple, that's where we get the word disciple from. So discipline in the first instance means to be a disciple, a follower, a pupil, a student. Think about it this way. When we say to somebody who is going to university, what is your discipline? Well, we all understand then what that means. It means what is it that you're giving yourself to? Another way we may speak more today, uh, people may be more familiar with saying, what is your major, right? And a person could say, my major is chemistry or my major is uh, mathematics. But that's the same thing as what is your discipline? So if you say, my discipline is history, that means the study of history is that of which you are a student. So a disciple of Christ is what we are. Um, and Matthew 28, 18 to 20, the Great Commission speaks about and defines what it means to be a disciple of Christ. First of all, it's one who is baptized, who is initiated into the faith. Uh, secondly, it's one who is catechized and further trained, to put it in the language of the Great Commission, taught to obey whatsoever things the Lord has commanded. In short, a disciple 
is one who gives himself to Christ, who trusts and obeys, who believes the gospel and walks in obedience to Christ. So in that sense, everybody should now breathe a sigh of relief and be encouraged because when we talk about discipline in the first place, we're not talking about something that just pertains to certain people. We're talking about something that pertains to everybody in the church. We're all disciples of Christ, and we should want to be better disciples of Christ, better pupils, better followers. And uh, this definition and understanding, I think, points out something of a popular misconception of discipline. We tend to have a, re- a reductionistic view of discipline, and we automatically equate discipline with with punishment or censure. Uh, as in, if somebody says in terms of the church, I am being disciplined, and that might mean they're under, uh, we'll talk about these things, a silent censure of the consistory, or the session has admonished them in a formal way. And that's right to say, I am being disciplined, but I hope every one of our listeners would joyfully and happily say, I am being disciplined, I am being discipled as a follower, as a pupil of Christ. This censure or punishment, right, that occurs only when discipline in the fuller sense has been absent. Censure occurs when one fails to walk in the obedience that discipline entails. So think of this with regard to your child. You're disciplining your child all the time. You're discipling them. You're training them. And punishment occurs when there's a breakdown or failure in that. And of course, with children, especially at very young ages, that occurs rather frequently because they don't have this training. They don't, they don't have such training and you're giving them that. Uh, so it, it's necessary and helpful to have this fuller view of discipline of what it means to be a faithful disciple as, as we're going to examine discipline in the church. I think it needs to be understood, uh, in that context as we begin to flesh out some of what this means, uh, in terms of the life of the church and, Discipline is something really that uh, you could say it's an act of self-giving and believing obedience. When we discipline our children, here's the thing. What we're disciplining them for is so that they can ultimately internalize this. We, We teach them to not touch the hot stove, to not run out into the road. These are things that would endanger them. But the idea here is they're having to be told this at a young age so that it will be internalized. So as they grow older, they will see for themselves that they ought not to do this. And that's a part of what is involved in discipling. We're training people all the time. We're teaching people. We're teaching ourselves. We're teaching others how to follow Christ. And what we want is more and more people to internalize this. And it's really the the failure to internalize this and the failure to walk in obedience that leads to the kind of breakdown that leads to the necessity of what people call church discipline when they think of that. And we'll take more of that up in our next talk.
Church discipline is one of the marks of the church, but how is it lived out in the lives of active church members? Stay tuned next time as Dr. Strange continues our series on church discipline. For more episodes, you can find us on our website at midamerica.edu slash podcasts and wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Be sure to search for and subscribe to Mid-America Reformed Seminaries Roundtable. I'm Jared Luchibor. Till next time.